0: To operate in power. And even to do great wonders. To do great wonders. And signs among the people. So experiencing God's grace is experiencing the different realms of faith. Different realms of faith. There's some that operate in the gifts of prophecy and different things, and they operate out of their faith by the grace of God and to the level or to the realm that you operate. The kingdom of God is always about realms. You just can't have everybody lumped into the healing ministry or the deliverance or the prophetic ministry there are realms in those areas that must be explored and discovered, but it only comes by God's grace. I can't tell you how many times God has spoken to me, both audibly a couple times, and most of the time in my heart, or that voice that comes up on the inside of you, saying, I'm going to show you something you've never seen before. Now, I mentioned that, because that's where I'm going to close. I'm going to show you a realm that you've never seen before. And so what happens is somewhere during that meeting, I step right in, it comes right to me. And I step right in there and I'm going, this is that. That's what it is. And so what starts to happen is the grace unfolded it. It's the faith that caused me to capture what was being discovered. And faith pursues. Faith will cause you to pursue what you have discovered. You'll seek it out in the word, you'll seek it out in prayer, you'll seek it out in the presence. See, people are saved they're healed, they're delivered, and operate in the gifts of the Spirit because the grace of God is operating, but we call it faith. But behind that faith, that's my point, behind faith, there's grace to do it. Okay? And... Grace will introduce the believer to dimensions in the spirit realm that have not yet been discovered. So you have, the Christian life is about discovering the fullness of the deity in bodily form. You know who I'm talking about, Jesus The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, somewhere around the 13th verse, that Jesus, the fullness of the Godhead, the fullness of God, dwelled in the human body and was revealed. Here's my point. We have no idea what God can do through someone who is filled with the spirit. If you are filled with the spirit, you have no idea what God can do if we just remain open all the time. There's somebody that God wants to save. There's somebody that God wants to heal. There's somebody in your day that God wants to deliver. There's somebody that needs a, needs a word of knowledge or a prophetic word. Being filled with the Spirit is the secret to operating in the gifts of the Spirit. You spend time with God, you'll operate with God. You'll start to experience Him. You'll start to feel. I know... There are certain things that are gifts that can be turned on, and then there are certain things that need to be pursued and learned. Okay, we learn how to operate from faith, and here's the here's what happens when we learn how to operate from faith. Out, out from that grace. All opposition is powerless to do anything about it, to do anything about it. See, when God speaks and you speak what God speaks, his breath is in your breath. Do you understand what I just said? Christ in us us in Christ it's not I that speak Jesus says but it's the father that speaks and Jesus says I'll send the holy spirit and he will show you all things that I and bring to remembrance all things that I've taught you it's the spirit of god that that when when we speak out of that grace being full of the spirit full of truth and grace Jesus The Bible says in in, uh, John 1, that Jesus was full of grace and truth. When you speak that from your breath, the breath of God goes out of your mouth and releases power in a dimension. So you guys have no idea what God can do through you. I don't have any idea. That's why sometimes I get in the car and I say, God, you just blew my mind. You tripped me out. I talk to God that way. I give him that California slang. To operate by faith is to understand the dimension. If you don't understand the dimension, you can't operate in what you don't know. Just try to put an automobile motor together when all... when you've you've been nothing but a secretary all your life you know, you couldn't even start on the carburetor it's, now it's fuel injection and all that you know when i had my 1970 camaro it was it was easy peasy you know you just repair a water pump right on the highway and on on about your business you know but now you can't do that everything is computer I wouldn't know what to do. I'd mess that thing up. But we must learn how to operate. It's the grace that brings you into a faith and into a dimension. This is how you go deeper in the Holy Spirit. This is where it starts. It starts from a presence that leads you into an operation and from the operation, you are discovering different realities that are truths. Truths in the kingdom. It's just not about deliverance or healing or prophecy. It's about operating from a realm of truth. And everything else is powerless against that truth. Absolutely powerless. There's a key. It's called desire. You have to have desire. If you don't have the desire to fulfill your gifting, you'll never become the believer. You'll be an unsatisfied believer. You will feel empty in parts of you. Because you're not being you're not operating out of the gifts, out of the fruit out of the dimension that God called you to operate in? We move in a realm through illumination. Listen to this. We move in a realm through illumination and by revelation. Well, you're saying, Pastor Bruce, isn't illumination and revelation the same? No. Illumination is, oh, boy, that's the instant. I'm illumined right away. Revelation is a progression. Revelation is progressive. Illumination is instant. Revelation is ongoing. Let me say it that way. It's ongoing. You discover the realm that you are stepping into. And what happens is you're going deeper into the Holy Spirit. Illumination is nothing more than invitation. To invite you to encounter God in a different way, in a different way. You say, you know what? I'm just too busy. I got 16 kids. I don't have a husband or a wife. You know, the car doesn't go very well. I don't have all this stuff. Well, you know what you have? you have? You have 15 minutes. And God knows how much time you have. It's the time that he's looking at. It's not the quantity. It's the time. Do you see what I'm talking about? We are to learn the power of the breath. Of the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is speaking, and you repeat, let me give you an example. Sunday, my or last Saturday, my wife preached on prayer, and I'm sitting. You know, I, I was listening, and and I kept feeling prayer line, prayer line, prayer line, but I had to wait for her to do whatever. And so finally, she yielded to me and gave me the mic, and I said, "Okay, we're going to have a prayer line." Well. She started praying over here. I started praying over there, over on this side. She was over there, and there was a lady that came down. And as I walked by this way, the Lord spoke to me and said, she's dry. And so I I kicked my wife out of the way. No, I didn't. I tapped her on the shoulder and said, hey, can I just give this lady a word? I said, the spirit of the Lord told me you're dry. Be filled. Be filled. Um, The power God threw her on the ground. Pushed her on the ground. Why? It wasn't anything that I did. It wasn't the anointing. It wasn't, I was releasing the power of God's word spoken to a believer. And by me speaking exactly what God spoke in my breath, power came. And it was released. That's what I'm talking about. When words of knowledge are being put out there, there should be power going forward because you're speaking what God is speaking. Not everybody experiences it, but if you're able to just push everything out of the way, push religion out of the way, push your doctrine out of the way, just as long as it doesn't destroy the, I think there's about 15 pillars of doctrine in the New Testament, but the belief system of the believer and to believe for what you don't know yet, never discarding what you've learned, always holding on and using what you have as a foundation to go higher. It's always about where you are now, always holding on so that you never get misled And then taking that next step up. You see? Some people stop. Let me just give you a case in point. Some people stop at salvation and that's all they have. But the next level is water baptism. And then the next level after that is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Those are the very first things that a believer should experience within the first six weeks of their Christianity. Instantly. What must I do to be saved? You must, be, you must repent, be water baptized, and then filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the book of Acts. That's the biblical pattern, the progression. You, you give, you're giving the foundation to that believer so that believer can grow. All right. So what does the breath of God do? Well, one, it will fill you with the Spirit. You'll have an encounter. The breath of God will formulate words inside of you to speak, to release what you've been filled with. We call it the anointing. But the point is, it's all about doing the work of the gospel. That is the major key. The secret, it's the secret for future living. What you are experiencing now is propelling you. Let me use that word. Propelling you for the future what you become good at today will cause you to be promoted tomorrow. That's the kingdom. Until we all come to the fullness of Christ, to be that image, that likeness, As the apostle said in the Philippians three, not that I have attained, but I press on. I'm not satisfied. I'm satisfied where I am, but I'm also not satisfied because there's this hunger and this desire to come into the fullness of this new creation that Jesus made on the cross. This new creation, the fullness, what is the new creation? What is, what is the new creation? It's more than being born again. The new creation is birthed from the born again in a believer. But then in Colossians chapter three, verse 10, it says it, that, new, that new self is living. It is progressive. I'm forgetting the words right now. But you'll read it in there. And what he's saying is it's to move you to the fullness of Christ. Where you are this year should not be where you are next year. You should be deeper in the Spirit, deeper in the Word, deeper in prayer. And it brings a satisfaction to the believer. You won't grow cold. You won't struggle. You'll always be thirsty and hungry. So the secret of living in the future is experiencing the anointing today. You must experience it. And moving in the power in the future is walking by the spirit. Moving in deeper power in the future is staying in, I read this somewhere, staying in step with the spirit. You know, I got, got that from the Bible, right? That's kind of a joke. I read that somewhere. I read it from the Bible. I stay in step with the Spirit. When I'm not learning anything, I'm in step. When I'm learning something, I'm taking another step. Oh, come on, guys. Don't, don't, be, don't let the devil rob you of where you are today. Always be asking God for the more. But understanding that if you are not moving in something new, like Catherine's going to get tonight. Feel that? I just got that. That's fresh. That's fresh man. Matter of fact, I don't need to pray for you. You should just pull it. But you're just staying in step until something happens that causes you to step again. And then when you step, the Bible tells us to be steadfast and learn. Steadfast in the faith that you have there. In other words, exploring everything that God is revealing to you. The Bible, you can never read. I'm telling you, church, the way I read the Bible now is not like the first time I cracked that thing open. I read it totally different now. I see so much more because my eyes are open to much more about the kingdom. That Bible becomes, the Bible should become what Paul says it is a living thing 1 John 2:27 as for you the anointing you receive the anointing you receive from him remains in you And you you do not need anyone to teach you, but his anointing teaches you about all things as that anointing is real, not counterfeit. You know there's a counterfeit anointing. Just as it has taught you, remain in him. The very first thing that we need to understand is the anointing is received. It's shall not a one-time reception. The anointing. When I said that prayer at the end of the book of Benihan's book called The Anointing, the power of God came into that living room in Seattle, Washington, and I went into major encounters with God. Little did I know that was only the seed. That was only the beginning. The beginning. And the anointing that I received, my job was that it remained in me. There was a, there's a responsibility of receiving the anointing and then remaining in it abiding in it in other words what i'm saying is as in john 15 abide in me and i'll abide in you the vine jesus talks about the vine abide in me and i'll abide in you christ christos the anointing remaining inside that i have received from jesus the anointed And you do not need anyone to teach you. Now, a lot of people get crazy with that part of the scripture, but there are Bible teachers. I'm not going to trash the fivefold ministry because of that scripture. We have teachers, and we have pastors, and evangelists, and prophets, and teacher or um, apostles. When the anointing teaches, it teaches you dimensions of God that cannot, that does not come from the doctrines of the church. It comes straight from the illumination, the instant that you step in, to the revelation that you pursue. But as, but as his anointing teaches you, what does it teach you? All things. You're going you're to operate in the spirit and you're going to go, oh, that's chapter and verse. This is that. You'll start to make connections from what God is doing in the power to the word. And then you're really flowing. Because now, faith comes by hearing. And what is that hearing? That hearing is God's grace allowing your ears to hear so that your faith, you won't need to stir up some kind of faith. Oh, I don't know if I have faith for a wheelchair. You just go, get up. Because it teaches you all things. See, I, I was listening to Oral Roberts years ago. And Oral Roberts said this. If you don't get the instant miracle, pray for the miracle that whoever that you pray for would be healed in half the time so that they would realize they got the deposit the minute you prayed for them, but they didn't get the instant healing. Because then you're asking God to still give them the faith. That's what happened. All right, all right. Are you ready for my last couple points? Are you guys getting anything tonight? I'm really wanting to to cause you to hunger and to pursue and to experience Jesus more than you've experienced him today. Did you know the anointing is an existent power? It's alive. It is tangible, as we're going to find out here in a few minutes. It's tangible. It always manifests the authentic. Always. We call them, we call it the truth. The Holy Spirit, Romans 1 and 4, is the spirit of truth. The authentic kingdom is seen in truth in the church. It's not an emotional windup. It's not some great message. It has nothing to do with man. It has everything to do with God's spirit. The preacher is all he's trying to do is to release something in the atmosphere that every single individual in the room becomes illuminated for revelation, for future revelations and walking with God in a different way. It's pursuit. But you have to deposit hunger when you teach. You have, it's almost as if you walk into God's kitchen and, you know, you, you walk into the wife's kitchen, and you go, except for Jose. <laughs> Inside Joe, brother. But you walk into God's kitchen and you can smell. And what does it create? A desire to eat. A desire to eat. Just to tell you about stuff is So it always manifests the authentic. It brings about true realities. We call them salvations, water baptisms. When they come out of that tank about 75, come out of there like this. Shaken under the power of God. Why? Because it's not me that's baptizing them. It's Jesus baptizing them. Has nothing to do with man up there. It has everything to do with the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything. It manifests the true realities of God's kingdom. The anointing will teach you all that exists in Jesus' kingdom. You can't be satisfied with being just a prayer warrior. You need to to hunger for all of it. All of it. You need to hunger for all of it to be a well-rounded soldier. All that is done, that is right, exists under the anointing. The anointing will manifest upon us, in us, To minister, to minister. In us, to minister to us. You should have a presence or a hunger or something that causes you to read your Bible. Something that Bible should draw you. Why? Because it's the Spirit of God drawing you to those scriptures to read them. You don't have to shake like a fish out of water. You just have to hunger to read the word. That's the spirit of God, the spirit of grace inside of you, wanting to teach you. Wanting to teach you. It's not enough to know it here. You have to know it here. Here. Almost done. Don't lose me. It all comes... From doing this, let me give you a physical example. Come, Holy Spirit. Finding a place where it's quiet, separating yourself from the world, and saying, I'm here. And I'm going to sit here for an hour. And I'm going to come back tomorrow and I'm going to sit here for an hour. I'm going to do it every day until I have an encounter. I'm going to do it every single day. Until God, you show up and answer my prayer. It's true. You can have him. You can have the prayer. You can have your healing. You just continue to show up and say, I'm going to sit here for an hour and I'm going to wait on you until you perform your word. Nobody else is going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I might be a vessel that it comes through, but it's not me at work. Here's the last thing I have for you tonight. The phrase from him in the Bible means that he's the source from him. Everything comes from Christ, everything. And from Christ is the anointing And that anointing comes from Christ. The anointing to work for him. It's not a gift from him. The anointing is not a gift. The anointing is him. The gift is him. Remember what the Bible says? That you... Receive the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll receive the gift, the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but we call it the Spirit in us in salvation and the Spirit on us through the baptism. Spirit in us through salvation, the Spirit on us. That's why a lot of people come out of the tank speaking in tongues. Because they've been water baptized and they've been delivered from the realms of darkness. Even though spiritually they were delivered from the realms of darkness upon their salvation. But when they get water baptized, they're delivered from a piece of Egypt or the realms of darkness coming up out of the water. Being baptized. That's why you see the power on them. When they start speaking in tongues, they're receiving the gift. It's the New Testament. We, we're too busy just dunking them and going, well, oh, do you need a towel? Here, we put a floaty in there, something for you to grab. So you don't, we don't have to go fishing. Did you guys get anything? Remember, the anointing is him. It's a gift. Him. It's Him in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's that place where you move from hunger, from desire, to illuminations, into different dimensions, into revelations. You'll never read the Bible the same. You should not. You should look at that Bible completely different. You go, oh, I never saw that in there before. Oh, let me do a word study here. Let me do this. Let me do that. Oh, this is that. So we're going to do a fire service now.